Hi, I'm David, and I'm the host of the Cool Jobs Podcast, a conversation where we dive deep into some of the coolest jobs on the planet. This is the home for jobs you've never heard of, or ones you never thought about before. This podcast is for students, learners, dreamers, or anyone who's interested in finding out about the coolest jobs around. I'll be speaking with experts across a wide spectrum of career possibilities with the hope that you'll find inspiration for your own career. Thanks for joining in. I'm your host, David Earnhardt, Associate Director for Employer Relations at UNC Asheville, and joining me today is Travis Klein, Water Park Designer. Travis, thanks so much for joining us for the Cool Jobs Podcast. We're really excited you're here. I'm excited to be here, David. <laughs> well, first, uh, tell us a little bit about you and about your background. Yeah, so I grew up in upstate New York in the mountains and the lakes. Uh, I was a swimmer growing up and, uh, and actually got my start in work as a stonemason. Um, and a uh, quick story is I hated the, the weight room, but when you're a 12, 13, 14 year old kid and you want to be good at your sport, mm -hmm. uh, you got to get big and strong. Right. So, uh, so I started lifting rocks, absolutely fell in love with it. And, um, that kind of set the tone for, uh, for the next 15 years of my life. Um, went to architecture school at the university of Notre Dame. Uh, and then, uh, I had my own design build. Uh, stone consulting company for a while, about 11 years, and then uh, got injured on the job and took a desk job as director of architecture and planning for a company that designed and built water parks. And, uh, and that was also in upstate New York. I was recuperating uh, back home where I grew up. And uh, one thing led to another, and that, that short-term desk job turned into a five-year design and build water parks all over the all over the world, primarily in the U.S. and the Caribbean. Uh, and then just recently, about uh, 10 months ago, I uh, joined Whitewater, and uh, now I'm the director of operations for Whitewater in, uh, in the Middle East. So I'm currently in Dubai and uh, do everything from oversee construction to help out on design to consulting on master plans to uh, running uh, the biggest development of water parks that the world has ever seen in Qatar and Saudi Arabia. No kidding. So I, I wonder if you could look back at yourself, you know, when you're, when you're lifting stones so that you're not, uh, so you can avoid the weight room for sports and like <laughs> 25 years later, think, you know, I'm going to be sitting in, in the middle East, uh, running one of the largest, running the largest water park in the world. Like, yeah, that was, a, that was definitely the direct link. Right. Like I, I, I had that in mind for sure. Um, <laughs> no, uh, uh, the one thing that I did know is uh, when I was a little kid, I loved Legos and uh, I knew I wanted to be an architect. Um, and so I got I got into construction early on purpose so that I would understand building uh, before I went to architecture school. Mm. Um, and so that that's really the only direct link. And then what's kind of funny is that uh, when you combine stonemasonry, owning your own company, being, uh, you know, being a, a nationally ranked swimmer um, and, uh, and an architecture education, what do you, how do you put all that stuff together? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, and then I kind of fell, literally fell into uh, um, a design build company of water parks that coincidentally makes the, uh, uh, the world's most um, artificial waves. And it, it happens to be in Cohoes, New York, which is upstate New York, which is uh, the land of definitely no waves. Um, <laughs> so they have to make them there, you know? Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like 
uh, how Wisconsin has become uh, the land of indoor water parks, right? Mm -hmm. Why would you ever associate that? And then you're like, well, you know what? They don't have an ocean. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there you go. You and it's uh, cold, and it's cold mo- a significant amount of the year, and so absolutely, you want to be comfortable, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's, that's how amazing. it is. <laughs> well, so tell me how you got. I mean, so you're you're a mason. You're you're you you got injured, and then it, it it's almost like you skipped a step there as far as like getting into the water park industry. Like, what did you <laughs> did you know someone who was in the industry? Did you see an ad and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to throw my name in. Like, how did you? Uh, oh how did man, you get started with that. Uh, just like a lot of other things, you put yourself in a position to get lucky, right? Mm. So. Um, so I hadn't, after 11 years of, of having my own company, I, I hadn't, uh, hadn't written a resume in a while. <laughs> uh, and so I, I found a, a company that, um, I had proofread my resume and, and helped me modernize it, I guess would be the right term. And, uh, and the head of the company coincidentally said, you know what, after reading your resume, I have a company that is looking exactly for you. And I thought, all right, well, that's kind of a joke. There's no way, right? Right. Uh, two weeks later, I had an offer letter. So, <laughs> so it was, it was just, it was one of those just crazy kind of fall into your lap type things. I, I'm a big believer in serendipity, so I think that uh, you put yourself in the position for serendipity to happen, and it will. So. I, you know, and if you uh, if you have a positive attitude, if you leave yourself open, if you're allowing the, and I, I know this sounds a little um, kind of out there, but if you allow the universe to to set you uh, in the right direction and you follow it and you don't fight it, then, uh, then good things happen to you. Mm, that's, that's awesome. I should pull that just for the trailer for this episode. Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> so, so you're, uh, you're sitting in the middle East right now and you're, you're uh, sitting on the Arabian sea and yeah. uh, you know, you, you've got a, um, what one might think is a, is a pretty cool, like, you know, office job, but tell us a little bit about what, what a, a water park designer actually does. Like, what's the, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, what's a sure. day in life like? Oh, absolutely. Uh, every day is different. Uh, I wake up and, uh, and most of the time, you know, I've got a couple meetings on the schedule, um, but that's about the, uh, the extent as to what I know and how the day is going to go. So, um, so the majority of my days are uh, working with existing water parks um, and either helping them find solutions to problems, uh, fixing things, make them, making them more efficient, um, or working with potential clients uh, on consulting for their master plans or figuring out what, their, uh, what the right product is going to be for their park. Um, working with clients as far as um, I support our sales team here substantially. Um, just from uh, my experience in the industry, um, I don't do a lot of the selling, but I come in and I help um, make those sales happen and give the client some, uh, some understanding and, um, and some confidence because I'm the one who ultimately delivers the product at the end mm. of the day. Um, and then either that or, uh, or we're in manufacturing and fabrication. Uh, Whitewater has uh, companies all over the world and plants all over the world that they work with for the steel and the fiberglass. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, in, you know, I'm kind of in charge of making all that happen, getting the product to the site on time. Um, and then supervising our, our installers to make sure that uh, things get built the way that the, our engineering team has designed it. 
and uh, and then ultimately being there for the commissioning of the slides and opening of the park uh, mm -hmm. and making sure that the client's happy and uh, and most importantly that it's safe and fun for everyone who comes to enjoy. That's awesome. Well, you mentioned uh, you know solving problems and and addressing issues. I, I wonder if you could give an example of what something that you uh, may have done in the past that was like that was something that might give a good example of a problem that you've had to solve uh, potentially for the water park that you oversee now or one that you've done in the past? Oh boy. Uh, so I, I'll give you a couple. The first one is um, in, uh, in Tennessee, uh, there was a water park that was needed to be built on a, a slope that was over a hundred feet from the entry uh, to the other side. Mm. Um, and so this is with my old company and uh, um, Jim Dunn, who's uh, president of the company that I used to work for is just an industry icon. And uh, he's one of the, he's, he was my mentor. He's one of those guys that you just learned everything from. He's been in the industry for 35 years. Um, and so he and I worked out a way that uh, we could use the, the slope to create, um, you know, a really unique, exciting, water park that no one else could figure out how to build on without spending a gazillion dollars blowing up half the mountain and mm. moving it and uh and repositioning it in a way that that allowed flat sites because that's the majority of water parks right right is that and in the majority of development uh, because everybody loves to work off of a flat site it's easy it's it's cheaper it's you know uh the equipment is easier to get to there's people that understand what flat sites are all that um so that was one of those you know crazy uh crazy problems that I was able to, to help figure out. Um, and then here, uh, we have, you know, some major issues um, where the technology has changed so much in the 40 years of this industry. Um, mm -hmm. What's super exciting for me is that stonemasonry is, is one of the oldest professions, right? So <laughs> you're going back to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, pre-Iron Age and, you know, the, the history of man when when people were sleeping in caves that's that's essentially stonemasonry <laughs> right and then you know and then now i'm working in an industry that's about 40 years old so mm. uh you know a, a little younger than i am at this point and uh and it, so it's it's an extremely young industry and the mom and pop shops of water parks were really the inventors of an entire industry mm. and then now technology has come so far so fast um that we're updating these uh, these parks at a rate um, every three to five years, something new technologically changes, or even something as simple as so. Today, I was at as at, I was at Yaz Island, which is mm -hmm. just right in Abu Dhabi, and what they're finding is that the uh, the surface area of the runouts, which is where the slide ends up, um, is pretty rough. It's like a pebble pebble dash surface, and so they're finding that as the rafts come in, you know, and people are. Uh, trying to exit the raft safely that the people, you know, their hands and their feet are getting um, roughed up a little bit. Mm. Well, this was put in in 2008, you know, and so the technology of that has changed. And so now we're uh, changing that surface area out to a product called Life Floor. And Life Floor is a submersible um, tile that is, uh, it's safe and, and secure and people can uh, you know, fall on it and it doesn't hurt you. And, and so now all of a sudden, these things that weren't around uh, 13 years ago when this park was developed, now we're putting these in as kind of a, a safety factor and an upgrade to, for guests to enjoy the park. Hmm. It's amazing to think about, you know, you're, you're on a, which what I think about when, when I get on a water slide is, all right, 
deep breath and let's go. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, and then you get to the bottom and, and you, you uh, hit what you call the run out there. And then it's like, all right, cool. Let's do that again. And so you, yeah. you get out and you go again. And so as, as someone who's a part goer, uh, the amount of work that I didn't really even think about that didn't even function, uh, you know, uh, factor into the function of that, you know, how safe is it to get in and out of how, uh, how quick does the water run? I mean, how, how fast can you change something that uh, that is some that someone might be having a, a, a an issue with it sure. is that it, so just to use that as an example the the floor that you were talking about is that something that you received feedback from for a certain amount of time like did you how did you decide that yes this is something that needs to change versus this was someone with a mobility issue or or someone who uh, that's the way to say it. Wanted to be a wanted to be a thorn in your side. How did you um, make, sure, that, yeah, make yeah. that decision? So obviously, our our best clients are our park operators, right? Because they know the industry, they know the business, and they're going to go to uh, to a company that has the experience necessary to upgrade the the park that they work at. Um, and so, in this circumstance, this was instigated by the uh, director of operations for the park. Um, he saw that there was an issue that they had. He wanted to upgrade it. Uh, Whitewater has a great presence here in the Middle East. Um, and so, uh, and he's seen this product before. It's actually a partner company that, uh, that Whitewater works with on a regular basis. Um, and so we've brought this product to the Middle East and we've, we've used it in multiple parks here in uh, Atlantis and Wild Wadi and the Western Minasayahi, which is just a new resort that we just upgraded. And, and so this product has, has, uh, has shown that it's, it's valuable in the Middle East in this intense heat, in this crazy mm. sun, and this, you know, it's, we're in a, in a very difficult environment here, uh, weather-wise, right? Mm. Um, but that, that, that enables us to, uh, to have, um, uh, to allow for a product that that provides a different level of safety and security and uh, and comfort for the guests. Awesome. Um, yeah, what's and you know it, to to come back on some of the experience, uh, the the president of our company, um, or actually the owner of our company, uh, Jeff Chutter. So he started this uh, back in 1980, right? And and like I said, that the industry is only 40 years old, and so uh, anybody who's been around since the 80s has had an unbelievable influence on the entire industry because who else was going to do it you know and so those those guys um you know guys and gals who have been around for 30 40 years they've really had uh an individual impact that has that has uh enabled the industry to grow leaps and bounds in in the few decades that it's been around um and so uh so whitewater is one of those great companies that has stood the test of time. You know, a lot of companies have come and gone. Um, fiberglass slides, there's been a lot of attempts. There's been, there's some great companies in the world that, that make fiberglass. Uh, there aren't too many uh, fiberglass slide companies that have been around. Um, I don't think there's any that have been around as long as we have. Mm. Uh, and so, so in the, the way that we're able to uh, sustain and, 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 um, and make sure that we stick around is that uh, we have a fantastic team of engineers, right? We have, um, we have a ton of engineers. They're super skilled. We have an entire department that's uh, research and development. And, uh, and these guys are always pushing the envelope and always trying to figure out what the new next new thing is. And, um, and we work with companies to change the vehicle that people ride on. And mm. so there's, there's manufacturers of rafts and tubes that we 
uh, we help them develop new products that work with our slides. Um, and then you have, uh, you have steel companies that support the fiberglass. Those steel companies have to be educated, but also now with the technology, we're able to reduce steel, we're able to change uh, how slides are, are supported. Um, a crazy project that we're working on right now has an, a monster mountain that's being built. And instead of uh, big steel piers that are supporting the fiberglass in the conventional fashion, uh, this mountain is actually constructed as a big steel cage and we're hanging our fiberglass slides off of it. So completely <laughs> different mentality, right? Yeah. Like just a different way of thinking, um, obviously safe and secure, uh, but, you know, inverted. Hmm. And, uh, and so, and what's crazy is that you think about the, the dry park amusement rides and you think of roller coasters and roller coasters, originally you sat on top with wheels, right? On a wooden right. coaster back in the Coney Island days. And then, you know, now what are you looking at? You're looking at these crazy Superman, Batman rides and stuff that you're inverted or you're flying or you're harnessed in, or you're coming off, you know, crazy steeps or coming down. And, you know, and so it's that thought process of what's the next crazy thing we can do. And mm. we're applying that to water slides. Hmm. That's awesome. I, I, I think uh, I was when you were talking about that, uh, there was a video game that, that I'm going to date myself if I name, but it was uh, it was basically a video game where you could design your own theme park yeah. and uh, and and, you know, be a tycoon, as it were, uh, <laughs> exactly of, right. <laughs> of that particular theme park. And, and I wonder, you know, when you're thinking about, you mentioned the the client came to you with this uh, kind of birdcage idea of uh, of yeah. doing this inverted. I, I, when you're thinking about designing a water park, like what what goes into that process? Like not necessarily the 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 nuts and the bolts of the fiberglass and the steel, but like as far as the the guest experience and and the you know the overall you know can you make money can you burn enough put enough people through it like tell me a little bit about the the actual process for uh, sure that design so so the most important thing is always guest safety right and so um so the way that you start is you start with a piece of property you figure out um what the design day is going to be uh which means how many people can you fit in that piece of property safely mm. And then you work your way backwards and you figure out, all right, well, if I'm going to have, let's just call it uh, 4,000 people in my park at any given time, right? What's the demographic? And so the geography of where the park is located plays a huge factor in the design of the park, or at least it should play mm -hmm. a huge factor, right? So uh, in a place like uh, South Texas, where people aren't great swimmers, we're not going to design something that has a lot of deep water. Mm. And, um, and so, but in another place like Southern California, where, you know, that's a, that's an obvious lifestyle that people enjoy the ocean, then absolutely. We'll put in some, you know, some, uh, 10, 12 foot pools where people can jump in and do some of that. So we always look at the demographic. If there's, um, if it's a very family oriented situation, then we're obviously going to make, um, or entertain the idea of having a lot of kid zones. And we're mm -hmm. going to have, we're going to make sure that that zero to three uh, is covered for the, for the mom who has, you know, a young one or mom or dad who have young kids. And, and then what happens if there's a two-year-old and a five-year-old? Well, they're not going to want to play on the same things. What happens if there's a two-year-old and a 10-year-old? They're definitely mm -hmm. not going to want to play on the same things or can't play on the same thing. What if there's a five-year-old and a 16-year-old? Now, <laughs> now you're talking about two completely different worlds, right? Mm -hmm. Like 16-year-old, they are, they are the trickiest demographic for sure. <laughs> and, uh, 
And so the, the active play um, of the 16 year old, you know, that's, that's a tricky um, demographic to, to please because they're going to want to do everything as fast as they can. And then they're done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the secret and the key to good water park design is uh, keep mom happy and keep dad comfortable. You know, and and I I hate to boil it down to that, but it really is because ultimately mom's the one who makes the decision on whether to stay or go. Mm. Dad's the one who uh, and I I don't mean this to be sexist in any way, but, you know, in if you're looking at uh, density, if you're looking at population, if you're looking at um, percentages like this is this we kind of work on on what the majority is. Right. Right. And uh, and and dad's the one who's either going to authorize money being spent or mom's going to, you know, give the kid the credit card and say, go ahead, because this is, this is the best day ever. Um, and so it really does boil down to, uh, some really simple, um, how human behavior. Hmm. And so now you start looking at, okay, well, how are the humans, how are the guests going to work their way around the park? So you start looking at circulation, you start looking at, all right, well, they're going to get hungry. So where's the F and B going to be located. You always want to have restrooms everywhere. You want to make sure that, especially near kids places, or, and this is no joke, you want to have a restroom next to the high thrill rides, right? So like, if somebody comes out of there and they're like, oh my gosh, I got to go. Like yep. you, you don't have to look too far, you know, as <laughs> if you have a drop capsule and all of a sudden your feet go out from under you and you drop at 70 miles an hour, you know, I, maybe there's a chance that you want to, you know, go potty right afterwards. Yeah, or and so, lose your lunch in some fashion. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so all these things get taken into consideration. And then, hmm. you know, as far as the safety is concerned, um, water quality, water clarity, um, and water safety is just a huge component. And so the mechanical plants, the pump rooms, the filtration, all of that is, uh, is not designed by experts. Hmm. Um, and so that, that is the one thing that you can absolutely never cut corners on. Um, you want to make sure that, uh, and not to, um, not to get ahead once the park opens, uh, you know, the operations team, the water maintenance guys, like those are really the all-stars of, uh, of the success of any, any water park, because they're the guys that really guys and gals that really, uh, make sure that it is a safe place for people. And, uh, and the guests are never, they never have any issue as far as, um, am I, am I going to get sick? Is this water clean? Is this clear? Because, uh, try as you might, you know, water's going to get in your mouth. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, you're going to get sprayed. You're going to get splashed. And, um, and you want to make sure that, uh, that there's never any doubt in anyone's mind that, that they're going to be safe and healthy. And GRD is a thing. That's, uh, that's definitely <laughs> waterborne yeah. illnesses, uh, are definitely yep. something that, uh, you want to avoid for sure. That's right. Yep. Well, I, as you're thinking about your kind of design process and, and putting all the pieces together, and I recognize you work as part of a team, so I, I don't want to, uh, put this completely on you, but I, I always like to kind of explore with, with the guests, um, this, this idea of resilience and, you know, kind of failing forward and, and finding ways to, to kind of um, take something that, you know, it might be considered by some to be uh, uh, a mistake and, and what, sure. what you do with that. And so I'm curious, you know, maybe an idea that you had that was like, man, this is going to be a total winner. It is going to be awesome. And it didn't work out. <laughs> and, and then uh, the flip side of that question, you know, what's something that you that you thought, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to take a flyer on this. Let's see what happens. And it ended up being it ended up being a, a real winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so one of the things and and like you said, it's, you know, it's a team effort. It always is. There's 
there's a there's a lot of people that go in into the design and build of a of a water park. But one of the things that I was part of that uh, that didn't really pan out um, was an absolutely gorgeous water park. There was nothing wrong with it. It was just in the wrong location. Hmm. Um, and so you know you you go to the effort of spending thirty five forty million dollars, and uh, and you design this thing and you're super proud of it and you work on it for a couple of years and you get a great team behind you to put together all the nuts and bolts the right way. And, uh, you pick out all the right rides. It looks great. Marketing's amazing. You know, uh, the world is super excited about it. And, uh, and then no one shows up. Mm. Um, and so the whole, if you build it, it will come, they will come, you know, that's a, uh, that's a true statement if, and only if you're in the right location. <laughs> so, uh, so that, you know, so and, and like I said, that that wasn't a, a personal decision, but I, I had a huge part in it. And mm. um, and definitely, you know, you look back on it now and you're like, gosh, what could I have done differently? And uh, not a lot. You know, the the one thing that you can uh, that I can take away from is um, is the feasibility study panned out, um, you know, the the economic development plan. Uh, it looked solid. Um but just like any real estate venture, uh, if it's not in the right place, it, it doesn't work. Hmm. Location, location, location. That's, That's exactly yeah. right. And that <laughs> definitely, definitely uh, is something that water parks have in common with real hmm. estate. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that story. I know that sometimes, uh, you know, there are things that you have control over and things that you don't. And sometimes it's just, uh, you just got to take a flyer on things sometimes. Yeah. I, so the, uh, so the new mentality for 2022, and I'm, I'm not afraid to, to share this is, uh, is focus on the things you can, you can control, mm. you know, and the rest of the stuff, just work your way through it. Well, and if the pandemic shown us anything that uh, we are, um, <laughs> you can't, you can't control a lot. Is that <laughs> there are things that are in our control. <laughs> That's, that yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you got it. That's awesome. As, uh, as you may know, uh, UNC Asheville it is the, the public liberal arts and sciences university for North Carolina. So um, I, I always like to ask our guests, uh, you know, how, uh, how you, you, how you used your, uh, undergraduate degree in, in yeah. to get to where you are now. Great question. Great question. And, um, and shout out to Asheville, absolutely beautiful part of the country. Uh, just an amazing, amazing area. I've been there quite a bit. It's, uh, it's great. And I'm, I'm glad to see that, uh, that you guys are reaching out this far into the world, uh, to get, to get speakers. It's one hours away. It's great. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, so, uh, obviously I've, I've had a little bit different experience. Um, but, uh, but what I can say is that my architecture undergrad degree, um, it, I didn't ever use it. I haven't really used it, uh, in the way that it was taught to be used. Mm. Um, and I'll expound upon that a little bit, which is, uh, Notre Dame has a traditional classical program, right? Um, you don't see too many water parks with, uh, ionic columns or, uh, you know, stones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, Greek, <laughs> Greek temples and all that. Um, but what it did do is it taught me to think um, through an entire project rationally, right? Mm. So the idea behind architecture is always, um, all right, let's figure out what the program of the building is going to be. And so who's going to use it? How is it going to be used? Um, who's going to pay for it? Uh, what, how long should it last? How long do you want it to last? Mm. All of these things are things that you, you think about before pen even touches paper. Um, and I think that 
the most important thing about my my degree is that uh, all of those um, intangibles, all of those things that people don't necessarily think about uh, architecture or a building, those are all the same thought processes that go into a regular day of my job now. Mm. Um, and so it's always for me, it's always about problem solving. And architecture is a solutions minded profession, which is, OK, I have to get from A to Z. How do I do that? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's and the great thing about architecture is that um, I, I mentioned before, I'm, I, you know, I was a big fan of Legos. I love Legos because you can think of something and then you can create it and then you can see it. Right. Mm -hmm. And for architects, that's unbelievably important because if you continue to sketch things out and if you continue to look at um, things on paper, maybe that's enough for you. Maybe you see it. Maybe you're excited about it. Maybe you've developed some sketch or some beautiful building on paper that's never been seen before. But ultimately, the goal is to get that building built, right? right? And so then, then public can use it or then, you know, whatever the program was that was being developed for it, um, it finds efficient space in a built environment. That's, that's ultimately the goal. Uh, and, and it's no different for me. Like, I want to make sure that the water park that people can go to is comfortable, is safe, is exciting, and they want to stay there and they want to use it. And they want to have that experience that if I wasn't involved, uh, then they wouldn't have the same experience. Mm. And that to me has always been a driving factor is what can I put into this that someone is going to say, wow, I am glad that that piece of the puzzle is here. And it, and now that the puzzle is, you know, is complete, like I've had an amazing day. Mm. I love that. It was a very eloquent way of saying that, that you know, you are you used what you've learned from a skills perspective to a degree, but you also learned why you learned those things, which I think is really important. The, Absolutely. The, my yeah, my favorite classes in school were the the theory based and the history based. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, why do why do some buildings still exist? Why do people celebrate them? Right. You know, and, and you're looking at it and you're like, nobody cares if it's, uh, you know, if the, the Corinthian column has uh, has acanthus leaves or, or corn stalks, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's why is it still there? Why are we looking at it? Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you for that. That's a, that was really well, well said. I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, as we uh, start to wrap up the, the podcast here, uh, I'm curious, um, and we spoke a little bit this, uh, about this uh, before the conversation started, but um, I wonder who you think has a cool job uh, and why? So this is, this is one of my favorite questions because uh, ultimately a lot of people come up to me and they, they say, wow, you've got a really cool job. I don't disagree with them, right? I think <laughs> I think I have a great job. And do, uh, yeah. And having the opportunity to be a part of, um, you know, world's best, uh, we're part of multiple Guinness World Records on some of the water parks that we're building and designing and building right now in the Middle East. Um, but if, uh, you know, in my in my future life, um, you know, after uh, after I'm old and gray and uh, and I've built everything there is to build in the water park <laughs> world, uh, the the two. Uh, the two occupations that I think I want to go into are wine description writer um, and crayon color namer. Um, and I'll, I'll just give you a, a quick idea about that. Um, whoever came up with the color, uh, the color name macaroni and cheese. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. There is only one. There's only one yellow that fits that. And, uh, and they nailed it. 
right? <laughs> and uh, so I will, uh, so kudos to that person and, and amazing that you have that job. Um, hopefully you'll retire and I can take over for you. Uh, <laughs> and then the, uh, the wine description writer, um, geez, uh, you know, I've got, a, I've got a couple of friends who are in the wine industry and um, the way they describe uh, you know, the, the silky oak with, uh, uh, I don't know, with a, with a fresh paint of varnish uh, aftertaste or however you want to describe it. I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea how they make it happen, but, uh, but they do. And, uh, and they, you know, they're ranked in the high nineties. So, uh, so apparently their descriptions uh, follow through and, and win them awards. <laughs> And you know who has actually tasted varnish? Let's be honest. Who's actually done that? True say. Maybe they have. Right? I, I I don't know. I, but that's what that's what I'm interested in finding out. Right? Is that is yeah. that how you get the job? Have you <laughs> have you legitimately tried things that no one else would think to put in their mouth? You know, it's. Uh, <laughs> have you gone to every store in America and licked everything? That's really the question. <laughs> that's, that's my that's my curiosity. That's. that's uh, <laughs> So yeah, those those two I think are uh, are very cool jobs. That's awesome. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Well, uh, how can people? Uh, how can our listeners find out more about you and about Whitewater West? Sure. Uh, so the best thing to do would go to water parks, um, and uh, and if you're ever in the Middle East, um, check out Atlantis, check out Wild Wadi, check out Yaz, uh, Legoland. Uh, we've done them all here. Um, Aquatar, which is uh, in Doha, Qatar. That's going to be that's setting two world records right now with uh, tallest water park tower, uh, water slide tower, and most water slides off of a tower. Hmm. Um, and that's gonna that's gonna be open for the World Cup next year in Qatar. So that's super exciting, or this year, yeah, I, I should say, because now we're in 2022. That's super exciting. Um, uh, or you could go to whitewaterwest.com, and that's our company website. Um, and to find out more about me, uh, I am in the, uh, I am in the people who work for whitewater pages. Um, so you can always check me out there. Um, and my Instagram account is waterpark architect. Awesome. Thank you for that. I'll make sure I put links to those in the description for the episode. So thanks for that. Great, I appreciate thanks. it. Well, Travis, thanks so much for sharing your time and expertise and really cool job with us. I, I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm super glad to have had the conversation. Yeah, thanks, David. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Cool Jobs Podcast, a service of the Career Center at UNC Asheville. Like what you heard? Give us a like, share with your friends and subscribe. Next week, we'll be talking to Hallie Schaefer, solar project engineer. So make sure to check it out. See you next time.